Hello, and welcome to the Stop Devaluation Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the Stop Devaluation Movement, Melody Hilton. The heart of this movement is to see the value in all of humanity and live courageous lifestyles of using our power for good instead of harm. We can affect change by choosing validation over judgment. And I hope you'll take your place and make a positive impact in this world. In part two of Peter's interview, we learned how devaluation affects us, but also how we can interrupt our negative patterns of thinking. Today, we will discuss if it is actually possible to see a person's intrinsic worth when their actions are bad, evil, or unjust. Also, as we begin to delve into prejudice and the subconscious biases that influence our emotions, decisions, and behaviors, is there a way for a person to transcend these biases and minimize their effect in our lives? And so I want to ask you a very loaded question, okay? It's kind of an emotionally sure. charged question. Um, okay. And it's something that it's hard to reconcile. And uh, you talked a lot about how we've grown up and there's certain biases and prejudices and those type of things that have shaped us. But how can we possibly see a person's intrinsic worth? when they do bad or evil things, even those who just willfully abuse their power and they are instruments of injustice in our world. How can we see their intrinsic worth when they do such evil? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's difficult and in some cases unimaginable uh, to be able to do so. So, what the value science teaches us is that there are three primary dimensions of value, mm -hmm. three different categories, if you will. Uh, they're called intrinsic, extrinsic, and systemic. Yes. And the systemic has everything to do with beliefs and concepts and rules and policies and norms and theories and philosophies. Um, it's pretty things in that dimension are pretty black and white, like an idea. You either have it or you don't have it systemically. Rules are often man-made. It's just a concept. They don't exist in nature. They're just ideas. Okay, And oftentimes our prejudices are based just in a concept. There's no basis in actual reality when it comes to things like um, racial prejudice or or gender prejudice, or uh, anything like that. There's just no factual basis in it. It's just a concept, just an idea. Or that um, you know, people of uh, of a given nationality are somehow less than those, you know, say American versus French, as an example. Those are systemic concepts. The extrinsic dimension is all about uh, functional things, tangible things, mm -hmm. consumable things, but also actions mm -hmm. that people take. Uh, and uh, so a chair, for example, would be something that's extrinsic. Uh, but a person's behaviors and actions are also, uh, the actions themselves are extrinsic. The reasons may be conceptual, but the action itself 
is uh, is an extrinsic thing. And then the third dimension is intrinsic, and that's all about things that are uh, unique and of infinite value. Uh, the human spirit, love, compassion, empathy, quality of life itself yeah. is an intrinsic thing. So how do we love someone who is who does evil? Part of the answer is to recognize that the doing is in the realm of that extrinsic or systemic, yeah. systemic reasons, but they are still a human being intrinsically. Yes. That is, they have intrinsic value as a human being. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for example, there is a reason why in certain societies and in certain states even, we don't execute murderers because we recognize that the murder itself must be disvalued because it is destructive of quality of life for the families of the person as well as the the person murdered themselves, obviously. And um, but yet we recognize that there is still intrinsic value in that human life. So we will pay whatever it takes to keep them alive, but keep society safe. Mm. And we also recognize the importance for people to follow the laws, because if we don't follow the laws, we have anarchy. And if we have anarchy, um, you know, we're, we're going to devolve into non-existence. Uh, essentially. And uh, so separating these dimensions of value and being able to recognize the evil at the systemic and extrinsic levels, but uphold the intrinsic value of that human being. How do we do that as not just as societies, but as individuals? Well, that is a um, a process of life mastery in so many ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, how many people do we know throughout history that have genuinely, can we imagine, have, have achieved those? Um, and I think part of it is also in recognizing that there is the possibility of people changing. Yes, there you go. Of people learning from their mistakes, mm -hmm. of people transcending mm -hmm their um, well their childhood ways or or uh, devaluing ways um, because we learn and we grow and not a person among us has not changed as a result of their life experiences that's me to the T because when I was young I was this man hater I uh, I was angry I was bitter I would you know, step on you before you could step on me. And I'm so glad that there were individuals in my life that saw my value and saw my worth, that they did not judge me by my extrinsic actions, but they did see value in my humanity, knowing I could change, knowing that where yeah. I was didn't mean that's where I had to be. And they invested into me to help me walk through the ways I acted and, and, step into a place of uh, change and viewing life so much differently. And and then I thought, oh my goodness, I live by hate. Now I live by love. You know, I, I lived then to devalue others, to exalt myself. And now my whole life is dedicated to seeing others' intrinsic worth. And so that motivates me because I remember who I was and how I functioned. And if I can change, so can others. 
look what, wow, the story you just told is so powerful and so representative of everything that the stop devaluation movement is about. Mm -hmm. But it's also really illustrative of neuroaxiology and, and what's at work. So if I can repeat back your story in a slightly different way. Yes, do. For whatever reasons, you had experiences that caused you to become, and I'll just simplify it, a devaluer. Yes. Right? And that's because I was that's because I was devalued because I was molested from the time I was two years old to nine years old. Yes. So you had people in your life that devalued you. Correct. Now, I think it's important to note that devaluation is not just me telling you you're less than Mm -hmm. or you're not good enough. It is in my actions and how I treat you or how I take advantage of you without even telling you that I'm doing it. And yet you know, right? Mm -hmm. So you had people in your life who are devaluing you. You learned from that. You fought against that. But the, the only way you knew at the time how to fight against it was to devalue right back again. That's right. Fire with fire. Mm -hmm. But then you had a, and and by the way, you simultaneously were devaluing yourself. Most definitely. Right? Yes. And one of the ways that we try to cope with our own feelings of worthlessness is to bring other people down to our level. Yep. So we can feel a little bit better about ourselves. That's right. And this is a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Then you had a few people in your life who stopped devaluing you. That is, they never did. Mm-hmm. They saw your intrinsic value. They celebrated it. They kept reminding you of it. And somewhere along the line, you had a moment of insight that chose to step into their vision of you. Yeah rather than your abusers. Yes. And it transformed your life. Yes. And it gave you the impetus to say, I can think different. Yes. I can be different. I can choose to create value rather than destroy it. That's right. And it's not only transformed your life, it's transformed the lives of thousands of people that you've touched in the world. Because when someone cares enough to generate value in you, you then want to become a value generator. You can't not be. Right. <laughs> not that not that we're perfect, right? right? I mean of course. Old habits, you know, still pop up now and then, right? We are human after all. And we're all a yeah. work in progress and every time um uh, my mindset shifts from something that was intrinsically devaluing to intrinsically valuing, it changes me, but it also changes, as you said, everything that I do. And so I am able to generate value because I personally had that uh, rewriting of the instructions of my way of thinking. So let me ask you, you know, we've talked about the destructive power of devaluation and the positive effect of validation or value generation. 
Could we just take some time to unpack some specifics about the things that are systemically dividing relationships, organizations, or even our uh, our nation? For uh, for example, uh, prejudice. This movement is assertively uh, exposing the destructive power of prejudice or prejudgment. We've talked about race, gender, age, so, uh, social status, religious differences. You know, the list is never ending. Uh, Peter, there are just... There's been so many studies conducted regarding the power of subconscious bias to influence our emotions, decisions, and behaviors. Is there a way for a person to transcend these biases and minimize their effect in our lives? Is there a way for a person to learn a foreign language? Most definitely. I'm working on it, but not doing a very good job. (laughs) Well, the point is, <laughs> yes, we uh, our, our biases are learned. Mm-hmm. They're not genetic. Some may argue something along those lines, but it's just simply not true. Correct. Uh, our biases are learned. They're the product of our environment. They're a, they're a function of, of how we see the world yes. and, uh, and where we come from, if you will. Yes. And... Because they are learned, just like for most people here in the United States, our first language is English. We learned English from a very early age. Uh, it almost feels like it's genetic, but it isn't. It's learned. Mm-hmm. Just as uh, you know, some friends who have adopted uh, a child from China, um, the child grew up speaking English, not Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so we can learn a new language, and we can also learn the language of value creation just as much. There you go. Okay. But what happens when we're learning a new language? Is it innate? Is it internalized such that we're suddenly, you know, instantly fluent in that language? Of course not. We have to, you know, be very deliberate and conscientious about... Yes. Um, using those words that are in a different language until such time as it becomes second nature. Yes. Right. Uh, and it's the same thing with uh, learning to move from being self-centric uh, and the habits that we have that will uh, cause us to to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that judgment isn't a good thing. It is. Mm-hmm. It's important to be discerning mm-hmm. and to be accurate about certain things. But when it rises to the level of prejudice, when it rises to the level of judgmentalism, mm-hmm. uh, where we're pitting one person against another for purely, uh, you know, unfounded reasons, um, that that it becomes quite problematic. And it, it starts with being able to recognize that it is problematic. That's yes. where it needs to start, right? Yes. Um, but as I said before, people only do the things that they see value in doing. So if, if somebody has grown up in a, well, let's say it's a white supremacist, okay? Mm-hmm. Or an anti-Semite. Um, and, and that's just a, a function of how they grew up. It's not who they are. It's only where they are. Mm-hmm. And because it's where they are and it's what they've learned, there is always the possibility that they can learn more, different, mm-hmm. and, uh, and in that learning, right? But it, but it starts with them being able to recognize 
the errors, if you will, of their way. That's right. Of how it is negatively impacting not only other people, but their own life. Yes. How that hatred eats away at their soul. Yes. And, um, and is limiting the, the quality of their own life. Yes. What, so, what I say, how I treat people immediately feeds back into who I am and how I feel. Uh, neuroscience talks about it, it being feedback. So if I uh, am critical of you, immediately that establishes a memory that's destructive to me on the inside of me. Yeah. Yes, it does. So if I can begin to recognize that, recognizing that being that bully hurts me or being critical of another race or, or religion or political persuasion actually hurts me when I attack, then I'm going to say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. This is counterproductive. This is self-destructive. I'm sabotaging my emotional health and hurting those around me at the same time. Yes. Well, so this touches upon some of what we see going on out in the uh, in the world today, and, and even in the politics, right? Um, where uh, one group is pitting another group, um, you know, against each other, disvaluing and devaluing uh, people who are of a particular way, or a look, or a religion, or even um, socioeconomic. Um, category. Right. right? And um, what the science tells us is that if we continue down the path of that divisiveness, that devaluation of Mm -hmm. one group or another, Mm -hmm. ultimately it leads to the complete and utter destruction of all of us. Wow. That's what the science says. Right. Could you repeat Um, that? That was very profound. Yes. If we allow the divisiveness, the devaluation, the, um, the destructiveness of one group against another uh, to continue unchecked, it leads only to one place. And it is not the um, survival of one group and the death of another. It is the utter destruction of all of us. Wow. Literally the human race. We have the amazing ability to see both our and others' intrinsic worth in order to confront every form of prejudice. When we are able to separate the dimensions of value, we can begin to uphold the intrinsic value of a precious human being, even when extrinsic actions need to be submitted to the rule of law. We will finish the discussion on the things that divide us as a people and as a nation, as we move into the final episode of this amazing interview with Peter Demarest. I want to thank you for listening and encourage you to become a part of the Stop Devaluation Movement. Be sure to like and follow hashtag Stop Devaluation on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and visit StopDevaluation.com. 
for more information and free resources. You can help spread the movement by sharing with others, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and most of all, by living a courageous lifestyle of using your power for good. Go out and value someone today. Your life matters and you can make the world a better place. One word, one choice, one action of validation at a time.